Welcome to another edition of the Radio Bypass Podcast. We've got a special guest joining us today. This man has played with Ted Nugent, uh, George Lynch, currently a member of the Dead Daisies, and currently has a solo record out. We are talking to Marco Mendoza joining us on the line. How you doing, Marco? I'm good, Ralph. How are you, brother? Thanks for having me on board. This is fun. I always love enjoying doing these things. I realize uh, how important it is to stay connected. Well, thanks for joining us, Marco. Yes, um, my pleasure. Definitely happy to have you here. So you've got so I've obviously I've been a fan for a while because I love 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 all the Dead Daisy stuff, and um and that's a, just a fantastic band. Glad you're part of that. But it um, is. I love that band, man. Yeah, as you should. But you've also got a solo record out. Your third solo record that yes. um i've been playing a couple i've played a couple of tracks so far on the podcast it's called viva la rock and yes and, that's uh, the first single that is a great song that's the first one that i played um nice. on the podcast excellent record and for people that may only know you from the dead daisies they may not realize what a killer singer singer you are in your own right um well, thank you man yeah the, the record is just fantastic and I know you're finally getting a chance to, to go promote it a little bit and get some shows uh, under your belt with this record. Uh, so mm-hmm. how, how's that all going for you? It's, uh, I, I don't mind telling you, you know, it's uh, when you're part of, um, I've been part of some pretty big bands. And of course, the brands uh, that are so strong that open a lot of doors, big doors, if you will. Uh, and then, uh, you know, anything that comes uh, as an individual, uh, as a solo artist, it's, it takes a little bit of work, you know, but I'm, I'm up for it and I believe in what I'm doing. And I, 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 I know there's going to be some challenges along the way, like it is trying to book dates as many dates as possible, la, 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 la. But I, you know, I've been around the business so long that I take it with a grain of salt and 
what's important to me personally is just to, to play my music and to sing my songs in front of an audience when it comes down to it. All the other stuff uh, hopefully uh, makes sense, you know, uh, <clears throat> but uh, that's my mission, you know, to play as many gigs as possible when I, when, I'm, when I have the time available. And to be honest with the Dead Daisies for the past five years, we've been extremely I'm talking extremely busy, man. Yes, so, I've seen a lot of dates on that calendar for so, that band. So, yeah, so this year was like the first year that things started opening up, and uh, uh, it was a conscious decision by management, that Daisy's management, to kind of take a few steps back and, and look at what the next step would be. Uh, and even that took, that process took a little minute to decide what to do that uh, that would make sense. So it allowed all of us to do what we wanted to do on the side. And I've been busy with the journey through time thing with, with Neil Sean and Greg Raleigh and, and Dean Castronova. I've done that. Uh, but I also managed to, to do 53 dates as a solo artist all over Europe, Japan, and Russia. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> and right now <clears throat> I'm in the process of, uh, Getting, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm I'm in the process of getting some more dates together for October, November. Uh, some uh, you know some cities and countries that I wasn't able to to fit in on the last one, so I'm in the process of doing that. But most importantly, right now, is my desire and my wanting to come and play dates here in the U.S. Right, and and I have. A lot of friends that are fans that along the way that are very supportive and they, uh, you know, great team players. I got to give a lot of credit to PJ for putting these dates together in Illinois. Um, he opened up for the Dead Daisies and we met right away and we started talking and we hit it off. Right. And, uh, and he mentioned the fact that he loved my new album. And he said, I see you're going all over the planet with it. When are you coming to the States? I said, well... Whenever there, there's time available and whenever I have enough dates and I'm invited to come, I probably do it. And so him being who he is, uh, uh, he started he started uh, making some calls and putting some things together and started calling me. I said, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. So uh, we ended up with uh, right now we're looking at 12 dates across the U.S., which isn't much. But I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the fact that I have three dates here in the Illinois area that uh, uh, that's going to be important for me. Uh, first time playing in the area as a solo artist. I mean, I played on the state of Illinois with so many bands for so many years. Sure. And I love, I love the fans and I know the love that people love music there. Uh, so we're hoping to, to, you know, meet quite as, as, as many folks as we can and come to the shows and uh, listen to what I'm doing. And, and along the way, you know, I have, um, I'm, I'm very lucky in the circles that I work in and um, I, I call friends and, and this time I'm gonna have Jimmy DeGrasso, who is an unbelievable drummer, a friend of mine. One, one of my on favorites. Drums. Yeah, on drums, you know, and you can look at his name and he's got credits of just, just a long list of credits. Him and I worked together with uh, Black Star Writers and that was our personal connection. I knew him from so many, you know, um, Alice Cooper, uh, uh, Lita Ford, Megadeth, to name a few. But sure. we personally got to know each other 
on a personal musical level with Black Star Writers. And I dug the guy. He's a great, a great, great player. And he's also a friend. I consider him a friend. Uh, so that's important. So he'll be doing, uh, playing the drums. And uh, and then Conrado Pesinato on guitar, who's who's been um, amazing. I took him to Japan. So it's a great team of players, man. We're going to have a blast. And uh, <clears throat> I'm just so looking forward to it, to, to playing uh, in the country where I live, <laughs> right. in the U.S., you know, <laughs> which is uh, which is a drag. It, it's it's unfortunate, but it, be, it it it's a little difficult to put things together here. So it's never been a hindrance to me. I always like challenges, and I believe when when we're challenged with certain things, it's because it, you learn how to overcome that, and and uh, you know you, you learn to jump through the hoops and through the fences and through the walls and. And get get what you uh, what you want to get done, you know, just get it done. So yeah, so we have uh, three dates as you mentioned in the Illinois area, and um, I'm really excited. In in addition to that, we uh, we have a few in Dallas, um, Arizona, California, et cetera, et cetera. So we're uh, we're gonna have a good time. I'm looking, looking forward to it. That's great. I'm looking, forward, I'm looking forward to playing with these cats. I've never played. I played with uh, Conrado. We did two shows in Japan, which is, you know, we just crashed the surface. So he's a brilliant guitar player. So I'm looking forward to getting and deeper, digging in a little deeper with him and uh, <clears throat> and see where we can go. You know, it's uh, music is like anything else. The more time you spend, the more the more beauties you find and in, in different energies and colors and uh, if you know what I mean, but yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. So, and, and this, so, week, yeah. So go ahead. I was saying this, so this lineup, then you are going to be out as a three piece. It's a three piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, there's a lot of reasons why I, I like to play with trios for the simple fact that it's three guys. It's easy to connect and it, it's very, uh, it's very portable, if you know what I mean. Uh, musically, we can go in so many directions quickly on the spot, you know. Right. And and if you come to any of my shows, if you if you come to two, three of my shows, uh, you'll realize what I mean when I say I like to keep it fresh, and we do a lot of spontaneous stuff. We we go dig it, man. Musically, we go finding. We go finding some gold. We're looking for some gold, you know, and uh, we'll take a right here and the left there. And so the sets have a lot of consistency and that we're going to be playing the hits of the, the singles. I wish there were hits. <laughs> the, the singles, the singles from the album, Viva La Rock. You know, I, I do like seven or eight songs from that album. But we Excellent. also do a lot of a lot of other stuff. And. Trios, I'm a big fan of trios from way back. Grand Funk, Railroad, Cream, uh, uh, Rush, uh, uh, so many. Uh, you know, Joe Walsh when he was doing his trio. Right. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of that. And as a bass player, as a singer, there's a lot of room, you know. Sure. When you have when you have the killer drummer as a bass player with the three-piece, we can have a lot of fun. And we do. I've been very lucky that, that I've been ho- hooking up with some some great players so so yeah our first date is um september 6th in yeah. west dundee at rock house so yes exactly that's gonna that's gonna be the first gig and uh uh that's a friday 
So hoping hoping that some folks take the time to come out and check us out. Check uh, Viva La Rock, and I promise you a great show, man. Entertainment, total entertainment. And uh, um, what I set out to do is just to help you forget your troubles. Come on, get happy, uh, relax, enjoy your time for a few hours, and uh, walk away with a smile on your face. That's if I know if you if I see you smiling and walking away with a smile. Uh, on your face, I know I've done my good job, you know. Uh, so, so the, yeah. So the first gig is West Dundee on the sixth, on the seventh, uh, Saturday the seventh, Bradley at Looney right. Bin. Looney Bin, yeah. Uh, and then Sunday eighth uh, in Crestwood, public house. There, there was a few other possibilities, a few things that we were getting, a few venues we were getting invited to, but we couldn't put it together, and I just had to make some decisions, and I've got. Got a busy schedule. I'm going to be flying in and out to uh, to yep. Europe short, shortly after that to do some other work. And you're headed there at the end of this week too, right? You're going to the UK. Yes, I, I fly there on Thursday. I have five shows in the UK, starting off on the 10th, all the way through the 17th. Uh, <clears throat> and then this that's another place that I often. Uh, visit and I love it there. The fans uh, are familiar with my work and and they're just very supportive. Unbelievable, man! They're 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 true true fans in that they love you, they appreciate you, and they let you know you know that you're appreciated. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, for for a cat like me, for any artist, for that matter, uh, that's how we fuel ourselves. You know, we keep going because the fans let you know that they appreciate what you're doing. So, so I'm hoping for, uh, you know, some good results in Chicago. I realize it's the first time and, and a lot of people, uh, uh, because of the, you know, the, the way things are today with records and distribution and marketing and, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's very limited. I'm yes, sure a lot is. of people are going to say that's Marco Mendoza from, so and so, which is why I talk to people like you. It's very important to to spin the music, to let the people know not only that we're you know uh, talking about the music, but you, they hear it so they can make a decision. Oh, I did this. This is cool, or it's not for me, and and that's so that's just a reality, you know. Absolutely. But this is but this is a good album, man. I have to say, I'm really it, proud of it. It's got some great songs. It, it, uh, it is a great album, and and one of the things that that I love about this record is um, a couple of weeks ago I was talking with Rudy Sarzo, and we were talking about you know outside songwriters and how things kind of end up sounding all the same, you know, because they're chasing yes. kind of the sound of the moment, and yes. it, and then that kind of sucks the heart and soul out of the music. And yes. this album of yours, one of the reasons that I fell in love with it and when I first after my first listening is because that heart and soul is so much there. And oh, thank you, man. And that the song you wrote, um, I, I, I believe it's about your wife, but about leaving home, your family. Leah, that's got to yeah, be one yeah, of the yeah. best ballads, most emotional, heartfelt songs I have heard in a very long time. Thank you so much, man. And, and, and yeah, when we were recording that one, I, there's a long story behind it, but I won't get into it. But let's just say we had run out, run out of time. We did the whole album in 12 days in Copenhagen, and I was flying early in the morning 
So I had to get to the airport around 7 a.m. to Germany to start my tour. And this is like, I think it was midnight or something like that. And we realized that we didn't finish the ballad, you know. And I love ballads. I'm, I'm, I love ballads for whatever the reason. <laughs> uh, a good ballad will always stay with me and I appreciate them. And, and I'm a Beatles fan. And they've written some of the the most unbelievable ballads of all time, without uh, a doubt. And I can go down the list. And I'm a big David Gates. David Gates, man, and Brett, come on! Oh my gosh, <laughs> ballads! And don't get me started. So beautiful writing. And we started with this song. Uh, uh, Soren, my producer and my guitar player and friend, uh, had this chord progression that he that reminded him of one, one of my other ballads. So. He started with it, and before you know it, it was like the lyrics just started pouring out. And it came out of uh, being honest with myself. I was missing my home. I was missing my kids. I was missing my wife. I had been on the road up to that point uh, for like six, seven months with a, you know, with a day here or two days there being home. And so I was realizing, wow, this has been a very long year, you know? And <laughs> And the lyrics he started pouring out. We, I mean, to the point where I, I turned into this emotional. Uh, I turned to a little girl, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, missing his, uh, missing her, uh, her little uh, stuffed doll or whatever. And right. I, I, uh, you know, I started choking, and tears started running down, running down my cheeks, and uh, and we had to stop a couple of times when I was doing the vocals, and and Soren's like. You all right, man? You okay? So yes, yeah, it's just, it's just emotional, you know. I'm I'm really feeling these lyrics, and and the lyrics came out. They were so quick. They're very simple. Nothing deep about it, other than just bring me home. I want to go home. Can I just be home now? Can I, you know? Right. Can I can I just click my shoes three times and, and be home? You know, there's <laughs> yep. no place like home. There's no place like home. Right. That's where it came from, and I think. This is where uh, Soren is brilliant. He's brilliant at capturing moments like that, you know, because I've worked with other producers where, where they would say, well, Marco, that was good, but I think you can beat it. I think performance, you can do a better performance. And he, it's not a perfect performance, not by a long shot. And a lot of the vocals on this album, they're not, but he, he goes for the, the emotional part of it. The, the the magic the stuff that's not written mm -hmm. when he when he feels he's he told me right away Marco I'm getting chills on my arms so I said okay let's go right. I'm getting chills right right now just thinking about it I'm getting goosebumps you know so we went with that and uh, that's the reaction we get and that's uh, you know to get to the to the to the core of it. Um, Recording and music is like that, you know, and so the feedback I get, including you and and hundreds, if not thousands of other folks, is that, wow, what a beautiful, emotional song. We can feel. You feel emotion. it. Yeah, you yeah, feel yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, so this is probably going to be part of the set. I don't know where, when, uh, you know, it all depends on what we do together with these cats, the time we put in rehearsal yeah. and all that. And everybody's so busy. So, 
but I, I definitely am going to make it a priority to play that one live. You, you have to. I mean, you know, I'm a hard rock guy at heart, of course, but I also have that soft spot. And a song like that, the way the emotions conveyed, the lyrics you wrote, the way it's performed, you, you can't ignore that song. It's got to be in oh, your set. <laughs> you got it. Thank you, man. So definitely, I, I think we'll make it a priority and get it in there. There's a few ballads that I've written that, that get a lot of the same feedback. But, but again, listen. I'm just happy to be playing anywhere as a solo artist, to be fronting my band, to be playing my music. And we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of rocking stuff. Absolutely. For I sure. Mean, with these cats with Jimmy and Congrado, you can't go wrong. It's going to be cranking, but it's nice somewhere in the middle to just you know uh, uh contrast by contrast you, you do that right. when i when i do my longer sets uh, i don't know how long of a set we're going to do but when we do my longer sets and we have an evening with I, i'll even get a in the middle of the set do a couple acoustic songs with an acoustic guitar you know and uh or one or two and it's it's just very cool I want to do that with the piano too, but it's it gets a little complicated gear wise and backline wise sure. to organize that stuff. So right now the main objective is to let people know: listen, I am a solo artist as well, and this is one of my latest albums. And uh, come over and see what you think. We'll have a we'll have a great time. You know. For sure. Yeah. And another yeah. cool thing about this record for any, anybody listening to this today that hasn't heard the record yet, you really, really have to check it out. It's a great record from track one to the very end. It's just, it's fantastic. But another thing that I thought was cool on this record is you kind of paid tribute a little bit to some of your past endeavors too, because you've got yes. a couple of cover songs on here that you have a personal connection with as well. Yes, I was when uh, when we started the process, the recording process. We Soren had, you know, he's, we're always sketching ideas. We're, everybody on the road, everybody I know is always writing uh, little ideas, hooks, uh, melodies, lyrics, choruses, and and with the phone, you could just do it right there on the spot. So we were prepared to uh, to do that, you know, to compare our notes and start writing, but. Uh, the synergy and the energy that we both have, him and I, I mean, it's like, I'm not kidding you. I actually flew into Copenhagen, went to the hotel, checked in, dropped the bag. Sounds like a cliche, but this is exactly what happened. Dropped the bag in the hotel, threw some water in my face, went to the studio, and within two hours, Viva La Rock was there because we were so hungry. That's so what we cool. Were doing. Yeah, and then somewhere along the way, I'm going, you know, every time Soren and I get together, we he's also not only a friend uh, and a very talented cat in so many ways, but he's also a fan. And, uh, and and we were having conversations about where I've been, where my journey's taken me, Whitesnake and, and Thin Lizzy and Nugent and Dolores Arreden from the Cranberries and all that. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm started thinking, you're right, man. How about, how about we do, let's do something for Thin Lissy. And I had been playing some Thin Lissy in my set live. Mm -hmm. And Chinatown was just one of those songs that I always felt, I love that album, uh, you know. Uh, As do I. I love that album. And I also, one of my favorites is Black Rose. It's forever, forget it. But um, there's so many tracks. So right. <laughs> we we talked about it and we actually, we were, we plugged in. Uh, we all knew the song. We plugged in. Soren plugged in. 
uh, Morten Hellborn, who is a hell of a drummer, who's who did the tracks, drum tracks, and all this whole album. He's unbelievable, man. He's a great drummer. He was around, so we plugged in. Let's, let's just let's do this. And I'm not kidding you, man. One pass, I sang this stuff. One pass, and all of a sudden we're going. This sounds really good. Why don't we do this, man? Why don't why don't I pay tribute to some of the bands uh, that I've you know uh, been a part of? Yeah, uh, that have been been a part of you know been a part of uh, rock and roll history. There, you know, mm-hmm. I've been very lucky. And then that opened the door to Marco. Remember, we used to do some Nugent stuff as well. What do we do? And that's what happened. And um, you know, we send it to the label, and the label said, "Absolutely, yes, this is great. There's a connection between Marco and and the bands. It's not only just a cover; these are some of the songs you actually played on stage, and it's been right. documented in so many ways: CDs, DVDs, YouTube, la la la. So we love this. And then I used to sing quite a few songs with uh, with Nugent when Derek St. Holmes wasn't there. So right. we chose we chose Hey Baby, and we did the same thing." One pass, we captured the 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 you know uh, the magic that happens when you're all playing live, and uh, so we're happy. I'm happy I did that because there's so many people to give thanks to, you know. And I'm I'm one of those guys. I like I was telling you earlier. I like to, I like to live in I like to live in that world, but you know the but but atti- the attitude of gratitude that just keeps me very grounded to. Uh, to uh, to the earth where I you know ground to my feet my earth where I live who I am where I came from and where I've been and where I'm going I like to celebrate that and uh, you know and being part of these bands it's what's helped my career move along in so many in such a big way so sure it was my my way of tipping the hat and say thank you for the years but I got to say within this man I spent off and on 22 years playing with that band and I learned so much playing that catalog mm-hmm. and when i got when i started digging into the deeper deeper cuts and albums that us here in the u.s never heard of ever um i was really impressed and blown away man at who they were and what they were doing it was amazing so yeah, absolutely same thing with same thing with nugent you know with ted man he's he's been been, been part of rock and roll history since 1963, bro. A bit of a tradition. We're talking about maybe doing something like that on the next album and adding one, maybe two, to some of the other bands. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. But um, I will have. I, I do have to say, you know, things like that happen spontaneous. We don't plan anything. I like to uh, feel the moment. I like to be in the moment, spur of the moment, and feel the energy. That's why it's very important to be surrounded with people you trust. Sure. Especially when you're recording and the writing process, and Soren is one of those cats that I could, I could give him the key to my house because I trust him and he's a brother, he's family, right? You know, uh, and uh, when and the creative process that's so important to have somebody like that. So uh, Soren is one of those guys. So we're we're talking about repeating the process here soon for the next album. 
So um, thank you so much for uh, digging the album, man. Now we got now we got to get it out there. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People need to hear this. I, one of the things I say about a lot of the bands that I feature on the podcast, it's music that deserves to be heard. And this absolutely deserves to be heard. Thank you so much, man. You know, I, and the other thing you said about the singing, I've been singing my whole life. I've always had my 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 side projects. I've always been part of uh, vocal situations, whether they be background vocals or co-singing or mm-hmm. uh, duets or whatever. I've, um, I, at the same time, I don't consider myself uh, one of those technical singers. I sing, I do what I do, and I sing how I sing in the way I do it. And it's, uh, and it's you know, it's just my particular way of singing and how I approach a song or lyrics or melodies or whatever. So, but I, I love it. I enjoy it. Anytime I'm given a chance to do that, I will do that. So um, I had a blast, man. And then playing those shows that we did, I think I've done this last one was like 53 shows. Like I said, all over Europe and uh, Japan and Russia. Mm-hmm. But before that last year, I might've done maybe 21 shows uh, you know, in, in two different little runs, two weeks here, three weeks there. Right. But I haven't really stood behind the album and done the full on promotional marketing thing that I, you know, I'm, I'm finding out I'm going to have to do that with the next album. Right. Well, I, means, I assume uh, based yeah. on when this came out and burn it down from the dead daisies, you know, you probably didn't have time really just for, for this record well that's exactly what happened this album came out february 5th right yeah Mm -hmm. and then i remember 18th february 5th right it was released and then the the, uh uh the dead daisy's album came out april 17th or 20th so right i got i got blunt blindsided by Yeah, uh, it's a little album, solo artist, la la la, and then and then the big one comes out, and so yeah, I was aware of that. We were all aware of that, but right, but we were we were willing to do that, and the the label was very supportive, and they said that's fine, let's put it out. We love the music, we believe you, and and my relationship is based on that. It's not, of course, everything is a business, and everybody wants to make a few bucks, but it's not based on that only. Right. It's 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 about having a label that believes in you as an artist, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> on the business side, I went out and and everything was recouped, and and they're so happy that they're like, let's do the next one now. Let's follow it up. Let's keep going. So that's a vote. That's a big vote of confidence, you know. I'm sure. like Very cool. So it's exciting, man. It's very exciting. Do you, do you have um, some uh, songs written that are ready to go when you can get the time to go start working on another record? Yes, absolutely. I, I have a lot of ideas, a lot of sketches, if you will. Uh, Soren does as well. He's one of those guys. He's been out there real busy with... Uh, Spend a lot of time with Glenn Hughes, and he also works with Mike Tramp. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I, oh, I wanted to say, uh, Mike was was a you know he's a friend, friend of mine, but he's been a long, long time friend of Soren Anderson, and, and and he lives sometimes he lives in in Copenhagen. He's got a place in Copenhagen, so he happened to swing by the studio while we're doing Chinatown, and we realized how, how big of a fan he was, and uh, I left because I had to do my tour, and Soren says man why don't we have mike can we ask mike tramp to see? i said absolutely and 
you know, he didn't even think about it. He said, yes. So he came in and we did a little duet there on, on Chinatown. He did a great job. Brilliant job. Thank you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then also, my, I, we have so many friends. Uh, I had spent a lot of time with Richard Fortas being a, a Dead Daisies alumni. Him and I hit it off in such a big way as well, mm-hmm. musically. And we kept saying, we got to do something. We got to do something. So I called him. I'm not kidding you. A few days before we recorded, uh, no, no, we recorded it and then we started working on other songs. And I called him. I said, Richard, I got a song you got to play on, man. We, because he's also, he's been part of the Thin Lizzy lineup. He's a Thin Lizzy alumni as well. Mm-hmm. Thin Lizzy and Dead Daisies. So, and he, what a magnificent player he is and, and dynamic and just powerful, man. So I called him, uh, the time zone was different and I caught him. He lives in St. Louis and he says, uh, yeah, man, I'd love to do it, but I'm leaving to South America tomorrow, man. I've got, uh, GNR guns and roses are, st- we're starting the tour here in a few days. So I'm leaving tomorrow. We're going to have to do it next time. Mark. And I said, what if I send you the track now? This is what, you know, this is why, um, the digital thing is so cool, you know, right. files and internet and all that. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I said, yeah, we'll send it to you right now. And Soren got on it, sent it. And within two or three hours, we got it back from him <laughs> and listen to that track, man, that the guitar playing the solo and uh, it's amazing. And, uh, so thank you, Richard. Uh, that was, that was a blast. And, uh, by the same token, you know, uh, um, uh, my brother Soren is just an unbelievable player. I'm just very lucky, man. What can I say? I, I yeah, I'm very lucky, and and I love the place there I'm at. I, I love the my life is in a great place right now, full of creativity and good people and uh, you know good energy. And so I'm spending some great times with my family right now here in New York, and uh, I'm just full. My uh, my plate is full and, and, and I'm having, uh, you know, a very, an abundant life. So I'm very, 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 very extremely happy. That's awesome. And yeah. we, the fans, appreciate you sharing some of that with us with your music. So. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And on top of that, i got to add to that. I like to talk. You can tell. Um, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be celebrating, and this is the most important thing that ever happened uh, to me. 1987, September 20th, I got sober. You know, <clears throat> 87, did you say? 1987, I got sober. I was a heroin addict, uh, down and out, living off, the, living on the street, uh, strung out on heroin, cocaine, alcohol, pills. I was, um, yeah, I was addicted to more in all of it more of anything I could get my hands on. And, and by the grace of God, I, I, I got sober. I was given another opportunity and I've been sober since. So excellent. <clears throat> that's another reason why my life is full. I believe, you know, so I could share. That's, that's so that great. I, I could share the message, man. Well, you know? congratulations on 32 years of successful sobriety. Coming up September 20th. Sep- if I make it Sept- day at a time, September 20th, you'll make it. I got faith in you. I'm hoping 24 hours, 24, you know, hours, right. a day at a time. Right. Yeah. One day at a time. You, you probably day. heard that Joe Walsh song about that very thing. One day at a time. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I heard it. I actually saw it on, uh, 
the documentary, the last documentary they did. And uh, I saw the audience not understanding what it was, but I felt his, I definitely heard it, man. Oh, yeah. In a big way. He, he, in a big, he, big, big way. He nailed it right there in that little three and a half minutes or whatever. I was like, wow, because personally, f- for me, I've never gotten involved in any of that, thank God, but I have had friends that, you know, have been involved dead, in yeah. those things. And um, when when I heard that song a few years back, I was like, wow, this is really good. He's He's got it nailed for for anybody in recovery, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, folks like that uh, that have walked the other side. I have. I walk the other side to come out and and share the message, you know, that that people like him uh, that have all the resources in the world can get that bad, you know. Right. Uh, It's only, uh, it makes sense. I mean, we're, I think addiction, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not anything, I can only speak from my own experience, but uh, we we tend to be a little different in the, in that we have addictive personalities, and if we like something, we like it so much that it becomes uh, compulsive, obsessive, and of course, if you're going to find a drug that makes you feel instantly, it makes you feel wonderful and happy and new and shiny <laughs> right why are you not going to go there whenever given the opportunity and then before you know it you're addicted to it you can't live without it so mm-hmm. and it no longer yeah. makes you feel happy and shiny either no it all it does it just uh, it makes you feel uh, uh you can function semi-functional because you're, now you're just living for that you're you will never get to that other place uh, that happy place uh, you, you you keep chasing that for the rest of your, of your life you know exactly and when you push and when you push the envelope and you're trying to get to that happy place because logically your brain is telling you well if you do more maybe you can get to that place that's why we have people that od and die because we're pushing that envelope i had uh, I had so many ODs, I can't even tell you. Uh, I ended up in mental wards and jail. Uh, oh, I was man. a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My story is pretty rough. And I could talk about it today because I'm not there. I'm nowhere near that where I used to be. But uh, but I know there's a lot of folks, especially the young ones right now, struggling with that because it's so available. And sure. uh, and it's become, uh, it's become a bad one, you know. So... Uh, and me having my own kids too, we're trying to guide them in the right direction. Right. But uh, so yeah, I like to talk about it. That's another. We got to do another interview based on that. We need we need probably six or seven hours to talk about that because that's a long story. But but it's a good story. Yeah. I all I'm here I, to. All I can say is I'm not where I was back then, and I've become a better person because I'm not there anymore. Sure. Abstinence, abstinence of mind altering chemicals smoke anything that alters me in any way is uh what's made me who i am today you know right so it's a trip well how did you you know since you since you brought it up how did you get past that what 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 was I, your turning I, point i call it uh, divine intervention i got busted in a big way I got busted and I was headed to the penitentiary for a long time. Okay. And in, in jail, county jail, I realized because you have a moment of clarity where you're not under the influence anymore. You actually start going through withdrawals. Right. And you, 
and you start looking at your life and facing a long term, like possibly 15 years in a penitentiary the next morning. And, and it's mind blowing where you realize what happened? Mm-hmm. What happened to me? What happened to my life? Right. I used to love life. I used to love my music. I hadn't played or picked up an instrument for a year, year and a half. Oh, wow. Things have gotten, yeah, things have gotten so bad that uh, I was just chasing the dragon, like they say, chasing the next bus, you know. And right. my whole existence was based on on copying, getting the next fix, the next mm-hmm. pill, the next smoke, the next wine, the next everything, you know. Uh, so that becomes your life. That's uh, time-consuming. Right. And energy consuming. And uh, so I choose to believe that, you know, God, divine intervention put those cops uh, in my life so they could stop me. Mm-hmm. I, I was headed down in a fast way to uh, the other side and I got busted uh, just to give me enough time to realize, OK, you have you have to make a choice here. Right. You couldn't you couldn't do it for yourself, so I, I did it for you and now you have to decide where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And uh so by then I had, I don't know, twenty something days of sobriety and I got sentenced to this hardcore recovery place that was locked down. It was like being in jail, but it was it was based on the twelve step program and they teach you how to rethink and we change your way of thinking and get rid of Get rid of uh, the way you, you know, your, get rid of how your, your head is out to get to you and, and erase all the tapes. Everything as you knew it, you got to erase it and start recording some new information and it's all positive. And, right. And there's a lot of work involved, one foot in front of the other kind of thing. And, uh, but so you, so you obviously I, took all that to heart and stuck with it. I did. I did. I, uh, I started realizing, you know, one month turned into two months, two months turned into three. Before you knew it, I had a year, and and I'm like, wow, that's very cool. And then that year turned into two and three and four. I mean, there's a lot of work. You picked up your guitar somewhere along the way, I'm assuming, again? Yes, I started playing at a year and a half of, uh, of sobriety. That's when I picked it up and... And it was like uh, a new energy, you know. Right. It was it was it was a new energy, and I rediscovered my passion for it and my love for it, and I appreciated it in a in a very different way now, you know. Mm-hmm. So I realized what a gift it was, and and yeah, one thing led to the other, and and there you go. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you went down that road and not the other one. Yes, I know. It's- I know. It's good. Well, listen, I know, um, you know, it's getting a little bit late. You got your family there, but a couple more things yeah. I just wanted to talk. I know we'll do this again down the road. I know that. Please, let's but, do it. Yeah. But um, one quick thing that not everybody might know that might know you just more recently from the Dead Daisies, your career, at least recorded career anyway, that started with doing a record with Bill Ward from Black yes. Sabbath. And yes. that's pretty awesome as a huge black sabbath fan how did that come to be well that that came and uh came to be i met bill at a meeting a 12-step meeting to be honest we we started going to all these meetings he was getting sober and 
He was trying to get the boyfriend, Ozzy, and uh, yeah, we were, uh, we met each other there, and I never approached him, but he's, you know, we started talking, and all of a sudden he approaches Marco. I'm trying to really surround myself with sober people. I'm doing this solo album, my first solo album, which is uh, a landmark for me, you know. Uh, sure. I would, I would love for you to come in. Uh, he heard about me. I guess he knew I was, I was playing and what I've done to that point. And so I'd love for you to come in and play on a few tracks. Would you consider that? I said, yes, right away. And I came in, and I think I ended up playing on five tracks or uh, something like that. I don't remember. But it was a great album. It's a great experience. And hanging out with somebody like Bill, who was in recovery, uh, was perfect. It was just what I needed, you know, right. to get my to get my confidence back. And uh, I started playing, and we did one track, and he was like, "Oh, lovely! I love that. Why don't you try this track?" And we started playing on that. He's very cool. Why don't you play on this one and that one? <laughs> and that's what it was. And uh, we hit we hit it we hit it off really really well. I don't know. Somewhere along the way, we disconnected. Uh, to be honest, I haven't had a word with him in years but he's definitely part of part of my new life i i i talk about you know september 20th being uh, the day that i was reborn because that's when my real career started happening mm -hmm. you know? for me the way i look at it right because up, up up until that point i was in a haze i was doing things uh in a very uh destructful uh, way I was I was lost. I was just I was just going through the motions. I I was just I don't know what I was doing to be honest. It's existing and right. I was getting some great calls. I I remember I got a call to uh, audition for Cher. Cher was a, a massive artist then, huge. She still is, but right. Uh, this is when she had quite a few hits in the, on the radio, and I got a call to do that. I got a call to actually. Uh, audition for Lionel Richie when he was massive, and I mm -hmm. actually got with his band and played an audition. and And uh, you know, I didn't know who I was. I was full of fear, and and I had my, my you know my syringe with heroin in my sock, ready to to numb the fear and the, and my feelings away, so that I could Man. somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's dark. It's very dark. But uh, so. That gave me um, a chance to kind of take a look at uh, the opportunities that I've had in the past and, and recording and working with somebody like, like Bill. And then, then he, uh, he asked me if I wanted to be part of his band. I, he said, I want to go out and do some dates behind the cell. I said, absolutely. We did the photo shoot, all that, the interviews, all that stuff started happening. And then something happened on the business side that just kind of put a, <clears throat> a monkey wrench in the works yeah yes yeah <clears throat> put a big stop on the whole thing and i won't get into the details i know a little more but i don't know exactly what happened but i know we shot a couple of videos with aussie he was part of this project too and, and and there was a lot of stuff going on in that camp you know things were changing and so it was it was one of those things but i was just honored to be part of that at any level you know right uh, and it, it helped me get on back on the map and then uh then i started getting the calls man and, and i did a little thing a little thing with edgar winter we actually played the tonight show i did 
Oh, wow. Just a, a bunch of stuff that, I'm, you know, when I start talking about it, it comes back to me that I don't, I'm, you know, when you're, when, you, when you're that young, man, you're in your 20s, mid-20s or something, and you don't, you never think you're going to get older. You know, you never think of documenting things. It's just part of right. your everyday existing and living. And so, yeah, somebody's got a, a record of that. And so it just it became like a like a flood. Somebody opened the, the doors and I just started getting calls and and then the, the name got, got out there. And uh, before you know it, I was, John came in to hear me with my trio, John Sykes, mm-hmm. and hired me for the Blue Murders second album. And we did, we ended up doing six, seven albums, I think, I don't know, including the live stuff. <clears throat> and um, he was my connection to Finn Lissy. Right. Right, and so yeah. on and so forth, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, per, it, it, yeah, it's it, it, it is kind of well. I mean, but I I I did just want to verify that that Bill Ward was kind of what started it all, and it sounds like it was as far as absolutely as far absolutely. as recordings go. And you even worked with uh, a Chicago artist besides Ted Nugent, being you know having gone to high school here in the Chicago area. Also, you did a record or play. I don't, I don't know if you did the whole record, but you did a record with Tommy Shaw from Sticks too. I did. I played on a few of his solo tracks. He was, Tommy was, uh, was one of those guys that would come in and hear me live. I had, I had this trio and we would play in the Valley in Studio City. We had, uh, we had a band that would play once a week here and there whenever possible. And he would come in every gig, him and his wife, and that's when I met Todd Zuckerman. He Todd had just gotten hired to play in Journey and I mean Journey. I'm sorry, and Sticks. And Sticks, yeah. And uh, I've got all these bands confused. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so yeah, that was uh, that was the thing. And um, they were going through some changes as well, lineup changes, and uh, it was talked about pop, me possibly joining at some point and. And, uh, you know, uh, Ricky Phillips got the call and it's just how it is in the business. But, but Tommy was a sweetheart, man. He would come in and, and he was just full of compliments. He would see me play and sing and, uh, uh very trippy, man, to see cats like that coming in, you coming in and, and supporting you and, and, and giving you all the all the compliments in the world, you're going, wow, this is very cool. So right. along along the way, that's where the same place is where John Sykes came in. He he heard about me and and he needed uh, somebody to play fretless bass. And I had in those days, I was playing a lot of fretless bass. That was actually my uh, I was playing fretless exclusively. That's all I would play. Mm, okay, and so. And so John wanted to uh, replace. He needed something happen with Tony Franklin. He came in and told me I came into the studio and we hit it off. Boom! And there you go. So we had a blast, and we're 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 actually we actually are reaching out to each other right now. We're talking. Cool. You never know what happens, but yeah, he's another cat that I wish he would just. He needs to get out there, and and he's got so much to offer. He's been such a part, a big part of rock and roll history you know what i mean yeah great player and, man. Uh, great player great singer songwriter and you know the biggest hits the white snake hits he was part of that la 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 right so 
And then when so you ended talking. up in, when you ended up in White Snake, was John in the band at that point too? Or not uh, in the band? Well, in, in, in all honesty, there was an attempt made and uh, I will say I was I, I think I was I was part of that reconnection between David and John and Tommy Aldridge because I was working with all of them in separate projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I was working with Tommy, with Nugent, and with John, I was working with Ben Lissy, and, uh, and David and I were talking, and we kept talking, we stayed in touch, and, and I don't know how it came up, but the conversation came up, and it wouldn't it be cool if, if you guys could bury the hatchet and, and just go out, you know, and celebrate what you're accomplishing, you know, one of the baddest albums ever. Uh, and it was, uh, it was in the works and then something happened. David called me and said, it's not going to happen for whatever the reason I won't get into it. I don't know. I don't have all the details, but it just never happened. And I stayed on board and. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. And, so, so he was not in well, the, during the time you were playing then. No. With them. No, yeah. No. yeah. I wasn't no, he sure. Never, I was hoping that that would happen, but it never ended up. It never ended up happening. So, so it's one of those things. Yeah, but uh, but what a lineup with White Snake, man! We ended up with a killer band too. Who 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 all was in at that period of time? Because I I kind of lost track in those mid two thousands there. Who was actually in the band? <coughs> it was Tommy Aldrich on drums. Okay. Um, Timothy <coughs> on keyboards. Uh, who had been playing with Eagles, uh, Red Beach on the guitar, Doug Aldrich uh, on the other guitar, David Coverdale and myself on bass, and uh, we had a great time, man. It was, it was a, it was a band of brothers. It was a brotherhood going on, and there was a lot of mutual respect, and and we were having so much fun. It was like uh, like a bunch of kids just having a blast, <laughs> and the band sounded really strong. I you bet. Know, Tim- I bet. Timothy Drury, yeah, Timothy Drury on keyboards, who is a great keyboard player and singer. Red Beach is a great singer. There was a lot of vocals, strong mm-hmm. vocals, and and so we had a great band. And then, uh, <clears throat> and then, uh, then he took a break. Then David DC took a long break, and I got a call from Neil, Neil Sean to do this Soul Circus project. I don't know if you're aware of it, but. Um, and I decided to go forward, and then uh, I did a little bit of work with Nugent and Thin Lizzy, and uh, uh, I don't think David was too happy that I was doing all this stuff. I think when I got back to work with John with Thin Lizzy, he he got he, he wasn't too happy for whatever the reason. But sure. uh, that was that was it. But I knew I knew then by making those moves that it was going to be time for me to move on and that's what happened you know i was ready to move on i think you're an energetic guy you gotta keep busy you weren't ready for a break (laughs) yeah exactly it's just time is short and you know we get older and uh, when somebody like neil sean calls you and it's dean casanova neil sean and jeff scott soto and i'm like whoa right i gotta do this uh around the same period uh dolores arena from the cranberries the Cranberries had stopped touring and, and recording, and she wanted to do her solo stuff. So I started working with her. It was it was a, it was a it was like a 
a length of like four or five years, man, that I was just juggling all this stuff. And it was so productive and so creative and so beautiful. It's a nice time yeah. in my life, you know. And I did miss when when Whitesnake got back together a year after or so to go out. Uh, I missed it right away, you know, because we had a, a great connection. But, right. but I realized I realized that I wouldn't have been able to do all this other work if I just hung out, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was willing to take to take that chance, roll the dice, and no regrets. I'm <clears throat> not very happy. That's very, good. Very, very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you got to make the best decision you can at the time you're making it, you know, and you can't, you can't yeah. really have regrets. And it's worked out. I mean, and then you, you ended up, uh, I know Thin Lizzy, but then you ended up in the beginning of Black Star Riders too, right? Exactly. You, you kind of helped exactly. get that going, or were part of getting that going. Yeah, but we were all there. We were all there. It was, uh, you know, the Thin Lizzy lineup along with. With Brian Downey and Darren Wharton and uh, Scott Gorham, of course, <clears throat> Ricky Work singing and Damon Johnson. And the opportunity came up and we started working. And uh, once it became something other than Thin Lizzy, then that's when issues started happening. And I won't get into it, but things change. You know, the dynamics change for me personally in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was time for me to move on. But we've done the first album. We did. We toured Europe and we toured the U.S. And, and uh, yeah, I wrote something. I got a, Oh, I got a call from. Um, I got a call from the Daisies. That's what it was. That's that's right. We were touring Australia with. It was Thin Lizzy, Motley Crue, Kiss package. We were having a blast, and I met David Lowy, the founder. Of the Dead Daisies. Of the Dead Daisies. And then we started talking, we hit it off, and he told me he had recorded an album. He was thinking about maybe going out and touring behind it, but he didn't have a band. Would I consider, you know, listening to the music and maybe consider doing a tour, doing the dates? And I said, absolutely. I'm always looking forward to doing some cool stuff. So they sent me some tracks. The manager, David Edwards, sent me two or three tracks, and right away I hit it off. Man, it was like, wow, this is something I could really identify with. And John Stevens was a the singer then, and he's what a what a mind blowing singer he he is. Mm-hmm. And so the material, the, the material spoke to me very loudly. I could identify with the songs, and I I happened to be open in that period and then i found i found out what it was we we had an opportunity to open up for aerosmith in australia and i'm like wow that's cool yeah so yeah so from the moment we got into the studio it was obvious that something very special was going on into rehearsal studio that something special was going on and uh and that's what happened you know um and five years later whatever right so uh it's been a great ride great great ride that's awesome yeah while we're on the dead daisies we should mention Uh the new record comes out august 23rd from the dead daisies Uh and that's 100 percent covers covers uh, this record some in the studio some live is that right that's right yeah that's right we uh one thing about the days is, man, it's like a machine. Everything we do gets documented. 
uh, video and audio and in every possible way. And uh, had a great time doing doing covers, songs that we all love, you know, song, songs that we all grew up listening to. Right. And when it came down to playing them, uh, we enjoyed it so much. So management put two and two together and said, let's just do this. Boom. No. That's cool. So, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing all of it. Now, are, are the those songs that are on there that are have been on the previous Dead Daisy releases, are those new recordings of those, or are those from the other records? Uh, uh, I have to be honest. I haven't been part of the process uh, uh, of this this process at all. So I know uh, I know there's been talks about what the set list is going to be and the songs and all that, but uh it's when it comes out it'll be a complete surprise to me as well you know (laughs) isn't that a trip that's just how it is that's how it works in that camp so so uh it's one of those things yeah okay well that well i'm glad to know then you know you don't know more than i do okay (laughs) there you go it's kind of of fun actually to to be like that yeah but uh, so you'll be doing just like me you'll have to race out august 23rd and buy a cap and get it yeah (laughs) I get it, but I probably said probably said the copy, you know. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, man, that's a great band. We had a great time touring and writing, and uh, those albums would attest to that. <clears throat> you can't go wrong with that, you know. Those players, man, you have a lot of years of experience of performing, recording, writing, singing, producing. Mm-hmm. and uh it was it was a blast absolutely yeah it's awesome any uh mm-hmm. timeline on when when uh that band might reconvene and and do some new original material yeah that <clears throat> that's something that i got asked not to really mention because there's uh management kind of wants to come out and and make the announcement you know the official announcement and i think they're trying to to get that together as we speak. So yeah, all right, we know nothing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we know we know nothing exactly. <laughs> so that's what it is, bro. Yeah. Got it. Well, I look forward to whenever that happens too. But yeah, that yes, last yes. that last studio record, burn it down. As much mm-hmm. as I loved, uh, make some noise, which you know is fantastic. But burn it down. It I think I forced, liked it maybe yeah. even a little more. It, it was really. It's a good. little heavier. It's a little heavier and. It's a little more focused, and uh, it, it was, um, you know, Make Some Noise was the first first album with Doug on board. So uh, it takes a minute, man, when you change a lineup to, to, to bring somebody, especially uh, in a front, a guitar player, to kind of gel and learn oh, yeah. uh, uh, what they bring to the table and trying to kind of guide it in that direction and and all that, you know, um, Marty Fredrickson was the second time producing. So he kind of knew where we were, where we all stood. And it was, so it's a little more focused, you know, the second album. And, yeah. uh, I love, I love them all, man, to be honest. I have to, I'm a, I'm a, I'm very proud of all that work. It's some amazing stuff from, uh, you know, from an EP that you might not even know about the, uh, the face I love. I don't know if you know that one. Rup- before no, before no, that, I don't think you know, I that, do. that Daisy's that Daisy's put out an album that I wasn't part of, but 
that first album, it's got some great stuff. And then we got together with Richard Fortas and Frank Ferrer from Guns N' Roses and Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses, David Lowy and uh, John Stevens and myself. We got together and we did an EP and strong songs, man. And the sound, it was powerful. It was very cool. Well, what's the title uh, of that one? Uh, the Face I Love. I'm gonna it's have five to, tracks. I'm going to have to check that tracks. out. No, I am not Please familiar do. with that. And the album before that, which is before we all became the Dead Daisies as a band, uh, the one that John Stevens and David Lowy recorded with some studio cats, um, that's amazing too. There's some great tracks there. I mean, the whole history, the the uh, the you know uh, <clears throat> the whole history of the Dead Daisies has, has been has been a great great uh, experience for me and the catalog the songs the writing the production right. the touring the whole thing has been very cool so uh um check it all out if you can you know uh revolution also i don't yeah, know if you know that's about that that's album. the earliest one that i know of that's where i came into the picture was on that record oh oh i see yeah that's a great album man yeah it great is album. that's that's what dizzy and uh, that's the first the first time First album, John. That's when John Karabi came in. Right. There's some there's some great stuff there, man. So yeah, the whole Dead Daisies catalog and experience and uh, songwriting and performance, the whole thing there was just slamming <clears throat> on fire. On fire. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. We'll we'll wrap things up for now. Um, okay. It's been great. You know, I know you got the family there. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll talk again. But uh, just want to repeat, Marco Mendoza solo record, Viva La Rock. You'll hear more yes. tracks from that on this podcast. But go buy a copy. Everybody needs to sell records. So buy that record. It's a great one. And come and check Marco out live in the Chicago area. September 6th at the Rock House in West Dundee. September 7th for you further down south, the Looney Bin in Bradley, Illinois. And September 8th in Crestwood, the south suburbs, public house. Come and check out his band. You know it's going to be a good time. Check out the album because it is fantastic. Thank you, sir. You are welcome, sir. And thank you for spending some time with us on the Radio Bypass podcast today. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, have a good time uh, for the little bit of time you got left in New York. Enjoy some time with your family, and thanks mm-hmm. for coming on, my friend. You got it. Let's do it. Let's do it again soon. Okay? We we definitely will, Marco. Okay, Ralph. Thank All you right. so much, Th- brother. Thanks for your support. Thank you. Take care, bro. <laughs>